Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. All right, so tonight we are going to talk about this recently became one of my favorite stories in the Bible. And I've kind of been fixated on it for a while. So I never understood why I was so fixated on it until I had the opportunity to, to preach on it. <laughs> so tonight we are going to talk, uh, we are, uh, I'm going to do a lesson from 1 Kings. Let me, let me make sure my brain is right. 1 Kings chapter 19. But we're not going to go there yet. I'm going to cover the story at the end, kind of, a little bit, maybe. We'll see where it goes. All right. But the title of this message, if you're taking notes, and taking notes is really good because God may actually show you something that maybe I'm not saying, but he's speaking to you. He's revealing something to you. So it's always a good idea to take notes. Some of the best students in class, they want to absorb everything that the teacher is saying. So if you got a pen and paper, take some notes. The title of this lesson is called, Where Are You Going? Where are you going? Now, how many of y'all watch the news? <laughs> I know, it's so depressing. How many of y'all been seeing, you know, getting spurts of things that have been going on? I know y'all been tracking them stimulus checks. And I know some of y'all stimmies dropped today. So y'all been watching the news. Y'all been listening. Don't act like y'all hadn't been. So, but, you know, today may have been a good day for some people and other people are like, dang, I'm still waiting. But even despite all of that, there is so much going on in the world right now. There's so much. There's so much disillusionment and just so much deception that it's like, it's a little scary sometimes just hearing all of the things that are coming through the news and through social, social media and different things like that. Many people don't know, they don't have a clue of what they should believe or what they should listen to. So many people are like, man, you know what? Any now, any, Anything now that you hear, you just don't know what to believe. I used to think this, but then it changed. Or I, I used to believe in this, but this changed. I just don't know what to believe now, and I don't know what to listen to. So people are in a state of kind of confusion, kind of limbo about certain things. Some people have become so dependent on the social media or on the news that they have completely abandoned who God is. They've completely abandoned who God is. They've abandoned who God has called them to be. Or maybe they never even knew who God was, or they took the, they didn't take the time to get to know who he was. So they're just kind of lost, just kind of wondering. Proverbs 29, 18 in the King James Version says, let's see. I did say King James. Yes, I did. Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Where there is no revelation. Another translation says, where there is no vision, the people perish. But happy is he who keeps the law. So when we're talking about law, whose law are we talking about? 
Well, for everybody who's here, we're going to talk about God's law. We're not going to talk about what Congress says. We're not going to talk about what Santa Fe says or anything like that, even though we do need to obey the law of the land. But we're going to talk about God's law. God's law takes precedent over all of that. So when we follow God's law, not man's law, God's law never changes. It stays the same. Congress, the Senate, different places, they continue to have to create laws to fix laws. And they're like, or to try to fix behavior in people. Oh, where they're doing this, we got to make another law. Well, they're doing this, we got to make another law. You know what? People getting shot, we need to ban guns. Well, you know what? I, I was going to say that they were going to say, well, we banned guns, and now people acting crazy, so they might need to get shot. But <laughs> I was going to say that, but, the, you know, it might get to that point. I don't know. So <laughs> but they continue to make laws to, to fix the laws, but God's law never changes never changes. It remains the same. Matthew 24, 35 says, heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. God's word remains the same throughout time, never changing. Luke 1, 37 says, for the word of God will never fail. You can read through the Old Testament and the New Testament, and as you read through the Old Testament and New Testament, you hear the same thing repeated over and over and over and over again. And there's a reason for that. Because us as children of God, we kind of need to be reminded of stuff a lot because we forget. So if God's word never changes and his word never fails, then the more I listen to or the more I give in to everything that's going on around me, the more I lose my way. If I'm constantly on Facebook and on Instagram scrolling up and I'm saying, oh crap, this is happening. Oh my, did y'all hear this? Did y'all hear, did y'all see this? Oh man, there's another wave of something. Man, we finna go to war. All of this stuff that we're hearing constantly on the news, on social media, the more I listen to that, the more I give in to that, the more I lose my way. God has called me to be of this world. He has called me to be of this world, but not in this. I mean, I'm sorry, he has called me to be in this world, but not of this world. I'm here. I, I ain't got no choice. I'm here. He's called me to be here, but I'm not of this world. So if I'm not on this world, when I focus on things around me, I have to stop for a minute and I have to ask myself, where am I going? Where am I going? I ask my kids that from time to time. I'm like, what are you doing? Where are you going? And, they're, and they stop. They have to stop for a minute, and they have to refocus. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is what I was going to do, or this is what I was going to say. And sometimes I'm that way, and I'm going to have to stop myself. Like, What am I doing? Where am I going? I know I came in this room to do something, but what was that? And we just get stuck because there's so much going on around us. So... Um, how many of you guys like cartoons? I'm a cartoon freak, <laughs> okay? Grew up watching sa Saturday morning cartoons. What's crazy is that me and my siblings, we still watch cartoons to this day. I think we watch cartoons more than our kids do. That's pretty bad. You know, it's just a, 
favorite pastime, but there was a cartoon that came out years ago called Av uh, Avatar, The Last Airbender. God, I don't know why we liked that cartoon so much, but we bought the series. It was just a neat cartoon. Well, um, they came off with a spinoff called The Legend of Korra, and it was kind of weird, but you know, I watched it anyway. Uh, but there was one episode in there that talked about the Valley of the Lost Souls. And in that particular, in that particular uh, episode, uh, there was a brother, uh, there was a brother and his sister and his brother were in there and they were looking for his daughter. His daughter had got lost in the spirit world and they couldn't find her. Well, the Valley of the Lost Souls was like over this big chasm and it was just a bunch of fog and you couldn't see anything in there. So they were warned, before you go in there, you better have your mind right. Before you go in the Valley of the Lost Souls, because you can become a lost soul going in there looking for someone. And the fog was so thick, you just couldn't see anything. Well, the guy that went in there looking for his daughter, he just ended up, he lost his brother and sister because they succumbed to all the thoughts that were hitting them up and they just ran off. They succumbed to their fears of the past. They succumbed to their expectations of what they thought they should be. They just ran off and he couldn't find them and he was there by himself and he says, I am not going to succumb to this. I know who I am. I am gonna get out of this. I'm gonna get out of this alive. And then all of a sudden he was like, I am the son of this person. I am the son of this person and I will get out of there here. And all of a sudden there was a vision of his father that popped up in his face and he was like, dad, is that really you? And he's like, yes. He was like, I failed. I messed up. I couldn't figure it out. I thought I was strong enough in my mind to come through here and do what I needed to do, but I, I, I couldn't. And he says, his dad looks at him and he says, you're trying too hard to be something you're not. You're my son, but you are also who you are. The minute his dad told him that, he woke up, he stood up, and he says, I am not a reflection of what's going on around me. I am, and then he said his name. And then all of a sudden, the fog dissipated and he could see. He found his sister, found his brother, found his daughter, and he was able to get out of that. Now, I know y'all are like, why is she telling us about a cartoon? Well, the fog many times represents thoughts and words and things that hit us throughout the day. We have so many things that are constantly talking to us and telling us different things. The fog hinders us from making decisions in what directions we need to go in. We look around, we're trying to see what other people are doing. Should I take the vaccine? Should I not take the vaccine? Should I quarantine? Should I not? Should I wear a mask? Should I not? Should I go on vacation? Should I, what should I do? Should my kid go to school? Should they not? And then all of a sudden, you got all of this, this fog that's around you. And it's like, what do I do? So you look to this person like, well, I guess I'll do what they're doing. Or you look to this person like, no, that person's stupid. I'm not doing what they're doing. But at the end of it all, I must know who God is. And I must remember who I am in God in order to clear the fog and find my way. Do you guys know what a holding pattern is? 
we were in one, I think, last year, and it sucked. <laughs> so a holding pattern is the flight path maintained by an aircraft awaiting permission to land. So there's a plan is trying to land, and so there's a path that they have to follow until they get permission from control tower to go ahead and land. So <laughs> sometimes we get in a holding pattern where we're just kind of like following this path, just kind of, sometimes it feels like blindly, like I'm just, well, I'm just going through the motions. I'm just following this plan until I get permission in the direction where I'm supposed to actually be. Sometimes we can find ourselves in these holding patterns and we get anxious. Last year we were like, why is this plan not landing? We'd go down and then we'd come up <laughs> and then we'd circle back around <laughs> and then we went down and we'd go up and we'd circle back around. Guys, we were having anxiety. <laughs> I think it happened like five times, right, Adi and Vali? It happened like five times when we were going down and it come up and we we're like, is there a problem with the engines? Is there a problem with, is the pilot drunk? We, we didn't know what was going on, but we were freaking out. And we started praying in tongues and texting people. We were losing it because we didn't have permission to be where we thought we needed to be. There was no stability. We get like that in life many times, where we just don't quite have a handle or a hold on, where am I going, what am I supposed to be doing right now? Where am I going? What's my direction? What's my heading? So if you found yourself kind of in a hold, holding pat, uh, pattern, or the fog is just so thick that you just can't see around you, I got three things that tonight that I want to share with you that may help. The first thing is you need to find out where your focus is. First Kings chapter 19, now we're getting to the story. <laughs> you need to find out where your focus is. Now, so this is the story of Elijah. Elijah was a powerful man of God. He was a prophet of God. Probably one of the most powerful prophets that ever lived. Well, Elijah had ticked off Jezebel and Ahab, and Ahab was the king of uh, Israel or Judah at that time. I don't quite remember which one, but I don't want to be wrong, so I'm going to say Israel or Judah. So um, Ahab was the king at that time, and he was very evil, and he was very wicked, and so was Jezebel. And there was a lot of idol worship in the land. So God called Elijah to prove a point, call them out, Okay. So Ahab comes home, and this is what he says after Elijah had performed all these miracles for God. Ahab, he was kind of a little sissy, and his wife had the upper hand. So he runs home and tells his wife. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed the prophets of Baal. He, I mean, Elijah made a fool out of him. I mean, it was sad. It was one Elijah and all of their prophets, and they couldn't perform one miracle. And Elijah just, ooh, he brought the fire, the rain, the thunder. He, did, he brought everything. 
Ahab runs home, tells Jezebel. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah. May the God strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you kill them. Verse 3, Elijah was afraid and he fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Okay, so we're going to stop right there. So Elijah, powerful man of God, God has used him in a great way, but he got scared. There was a lot of stuff that was going on around him. He got, he got threatened. He was afraid. How many of you guys can actually say that you have struggled with fear? You ain't got to raise your hand, but just think about it. That you have struggled with fear and anxiety in the last year like nobody's business. I know I have. Just uncertainty and just anxiety and fear for nothing. And I'm not a very fearful person. But this last year, it kind of hit in different ways. So we have to remember, we have to focus on light, not darkness. We have to focus on faith and not fear. Ahab and Jezebel represented darkness, fear, evil. But Elijah was God's man. He was carrying the very word of God, and he represented light, power, and truth. Do you know a laser is nothing but concentrated light? We have all this light in here, but if you take this light and you concentrate that light, then that light can cut through anything. You wouldn't think that light could be dangerous or deadly or powerful, but concentrated light in the form of a laser, can cut through anything. It can cut through marble. It can cut through stone. It can cut through uh, stainless steel. It can cut through anything. It can even cut through humans. I've had laser surgery. Yeah, I know, huh? So we have to focus on the light. Jesus is light. Jesus came in the form of a man to give us God's word and to be God's example. Hebrews 4.12 says, the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my uh, my path. What am I focusing on? If I take the word of God and I focus on it, it can become just as powerful as any laser. It can cut through anything. What am I focusing on? Am I focusing on the words that everybody is saying out there, or am I focusing on God's word and what he says? We get lost in all of everything that everybody is saying, but how much time am I spending in God's word and focusing, truly focusing on what he's saying? Not just doing my daily reading just because I ain't got nothing better to do, just to check it off, and I made my quota. How much are we focusing on God's word? Because when we focus, then it becomes powerful. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than any, it's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, and it exposes 
our innermost thoughts and desires. Ooh, Mufasa. The word of God can cut through anything. It can cut through my doubt, my fear, my anxiety, my depression, my worry. It can cut through anything. It can cut through all them lies that they've been telling in Washington. It can cut through anything. As we get into the word of God, it exposes everything. It deciphers between what's truth and what's a lie, or even between what's truth and what's fact. I was talking to my girls last night in Bible study. There's a difference between truth and fact, okay? There are facts out there. The fact is I may be struggling to make ends meet, but truth is God's word. Truth says I am Jehovah Jireh. I am your provider. That's truth. The fact is that I haven't felt good, and I'm not saying this about myself. I'm just throwing out some stuff. I haven't felt good in a while. I don't feel good. I don't know what's going on with me. I've had headaches. I've had stomach issues. I've had this. I've had that. That's the fact. But the truth of God's word said, he is Jehovah Rapha. He is my healer. The fact is, is that I've had anxiety and I've had depression and it's overtaken my mind. I can't think. I can't sleep. I can't eat. I'm messed up in my mind and my spirit. That's a fact. But truth is, God is Jehovah Shalom. He said he will be my peace. When you can get me to focus on what God's word says, then all of that other stuff is just cut away. If I believe it. Now, we need to meditate. We need to make sure that we meditate. When I meditate, then that is just focused energy. Joshua 1.8 says, meditate, okay? Study this book of instruction continually. Not sometimes, just when you need an answer, but continually. Meditate on it when? Day and night. So you will be sure to obey everything that is written in it. Obey it, listen to it, meditate on it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. Focus, meditate. How many of y'all have ever tried to meditate? It can be kind of hard, right? Just sitting there, like, what do I think about? <laughs> what am I supposed to do just sitting here? Oh, man, pain is chipping off the wall. I mean, I mean, there's so many things that just run through our mind. But if we can discipline ourselves to sit there and meditate on the word of God, that is focus energy and it is powerful. So if you can meditate on your job and on your work and you can focus on all those things, you can meditate on the word of God. It just takes a little discipline. So that's the first thing. What, find your focus. What are you focusing on? If you're lost, where am I going? What are you focusing on? The second thing, find out where you're going. You gotta stop and focus so then you know where you're going. When I ask my kids, where are you going? They're like, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> they stopped and they focused for a minute to find out where am I going. Proverbs 20, 24 says, in King James Version, I don't know why I like it in King James Version, but a man's steps are of the Lord. How then can a man understand his own way? 
King James Version says, man's goings are of the Lord. How then can man understand his own way? I don't even know where I'm going unless God tells me. I know all of y'all think y'all smart and stuff. I think I'm smart sometimes too. But I have to come to the realization that I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't even know where I'm going because my steps are ordered of the Lord. Man's goings are of the Lord. How then can man understand his way? How do I know where I'm going unless I ask him, where am I going? Where do I need to go? Find out where you're going. Ask him, where am I going? Wherever you're going, God will give you instructions on where to go. First Kings 19, 4 through 8. Got about seven minutes. Then we still talking about Elijah because he got scared. So when he got scared after Jezebel said he finna, she finna kill him that day, look what happened next. So, Ab- a- a- uh, so Elijah said, peace out. I got to go. This woman finna kill me. I got to go. So then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree, and he prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I'm no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and he slept under a broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, get up and eat. Get up. He looked around, and there beside his head was some baked bread on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank, and then he laid down one more time. Okay? Is that still eight? That's long. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, get up and eat some more. Or the journey ahead of you will be too much for you. If only God knows where you're going. No, you can go back to that last part. If only God knows where you're going, then God will give you the instructions on your way. He had a journey that he was about to go on, and God said, you got to get up and eat. Come on, get up and eat and drink something, because if you don't, you're not going to have enough strength to get where you're going. So he got up, he ate, he drank, and the food gave him enough strength. Check this out. The food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to the mountain of Sinai, the, the mountain of God. 40 days and 40 nights. He ate twice, and he had enough strength to carry him for 40 days and 40 nights. Do you need the word? The Bible says that the word of God is like the bread of life. It is the bread of life. Without the word of God, we're not sustained. We're not full, okay? Whatever, wherever you're going, God will give you the instructions on what you need to do to get there. There are things that God will instruct you to do in this season right now that if you don't obey him, you will not be sustained in the next season. Let me say that again. There are things that God is telling you to do right now that if you don't obey, you will not be able to make it through your journey. So after I fill up on the word and God tells me where I'm going, 
then God will continue to give me instructions. I know sometimes some of us think that we're running, you know. Elijah thought he was running. (laughs) He was scared, so he said, I got to go. So he took off. But on his way, God gave him instructions, and he gave him food to sustain him. Elijah only thought he was running from the call of God on his life. (laughs) But God allowed him to go. Sometimes God will allow you to go in the direction that you think you're supposed to go. And see, the funny thing is because you think you're so smart like I do, you think that you thought of that. When God is directing you the whole time. You're not running. From, he thought he was running from the God, uh, from the call of God on his life, but he wasn't running from no, he wasn't running. God is leading you right where he, he wants you to be. He was leading Elijah where, right where he wanted him to be. So I ask you guys, have you been avoiding confronting some things that God wants you to deal with? Have you had some, has God given you an instruction or something that he has wanted you to do? Or there was a call or something on your life that he has told you to do? And you've just kind of, eh, I'll do that later. God told me something three years ago that I just brought up to Pastor Matt. And God just would not leave me alone about it. And I even told Pastor Matt, I was like, this is not something that I really want to (laughs) do. I'm just going to be honest with you. Because I know the amount of work that it's going to require. However, God will not leave me alone on it. But yet God has directed me right where he wanted me to be. But I thought I was running from it. And I thought I had a choice. I mean, I do, but yeah. So the last thing is, number three, find out what you need to do to get there. You need to find out what your focus is. You need to find out where in the heck am I going. And then you need to find out what do I need to do when I get there. First Kings 19, 9 through 15, and we're going to read through this super quick. There he came to a cave where he spent the night, but the Lord said to him, where are you, what are you doing here, Elijah? I love that. (laughs) God says, I know, God knew where he was going. God even provided for him on the way there. But then he got there and he said, Elijah, what are you, where are you going? What are you doing? So Elijah says, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken the covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I'm the only one left now. They're trying to kill me too. Go out. This is what God said to him. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain like in Hobbes. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. Thank God he wasn't in the wind in Hobbes. After the wind, after the wind there, after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not even in the earthquake. Did y'all hear there was an earthquake? There was an earthquake like in White City like a day or something ago. So we have winds and earthquakes. But look, 
after and after the earthquake there was a fire we ain't had no fire praise jesus we need some rain but the lord was not in the fire so the wind came the earthquake came the fire came and god was not there and then after the fire there was a sound of a gentle whisper when elijah heard it he wrapped his face in his cloak and he went out and stood at the entrance of the cave and a voice said what are you doing here elijah what are you doing here he replied again i have zealously served the lord god almighty but the people of israel have broken their covenant with you torn down your altars and killed all of your prophet every one of your prophets i'm the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too but it was different the second time because there was chaos and then there was a whisper and God said, what are you doing here? He responded the same, but it was different. There was something different in his heart where he was reflecting on, okay, this is why I'm here. Then the Lord told him, go back the same way you came. He was at a position this time where he was listening. The first time he was just ranting. And he was like, look, this is what happened. And God said, wait, hold on. He got his attention. And then he said, okay, this is what you need to do. You need to go back the same way that you came. And travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Hazel to be king of Aram clear instructions. Guys, sometimes it's so simple and we miss it in the simplicity of things. The very thing we're trying to run from, God said, look, I have a plan. I have a purpose. I just need you to listen. Just listen. Focus on my word. Focus on what I'm telling you to do. For Elijah, God brought him to a place where there was no distractions. There was nobody but him and God. He was in a cave. God allowed him to travel 40 days and 40 nights just so he could get his attention. God will allow us to go through the wilderness. He will allow us to go through some things just so we can be broke down enough where we will sit and listen. Now, God gave him clear direction after that. And then he went back and did the very thing that God had called him to do. Proverbs 5.21, this is such a beautiful verse, and I'm going to close. For the Lord sees clearly what a man does. God sees you. He sees exactly what you're doing. He's examining every path that you're taking. And you might think that you have missed it, but you're here. You're here on a Wednesday night. So that lets me know you didn't miss it by, you didn't miss it by far. He's got you here. You're on the path to where God is leading you, but you gotta focus. You got to position yourself to hear him. And then when he speaks, you got to listen. 
Get in your word. Get in a prayer. Get alone. Let him speak to you. Because the journey that is ahead of us is so amazing. But we want to be sustained for where he has us to go. If everybody would stand up. I think I went over. You guys can stay in your seats. But if anybody here would say, you know what? I think I've been a little lost lately. I don't quite know where I've been going. I don't know what I've been doing. I'm, I've been a little lost. Raise your hand, and I want to pray with you. It could be in any area of your life. Guys, I have been going through it, and God has given me one simple instruction. Praise God. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I just pray for everyone who has their hands lifted up tonight. God, you are so good. Thank you for ordering our steps. Thank you, God, that you don't leave us to fend for ourselves. You don't leave us alone. God, thank you as your children. We are the apple of your eye. You love us so much that you were willing to send your son Jesus to die for us so that we could live. You gave the ultimate sacrifice for us. Thank you, God, for the plan that you have in our lives. God, I pray that each and every person that is here tonight that has their hand raised, God, I pray that you would subside the fear, the anxiety, the worry, the doubt. I pray that you would subside all of these things in their hearts, in their spirits, in their souls. And God, give them peace. Give them direction. Give them focus and give them clarity in the journey that you will have them to go. We trust you, God. You are our Lord and you are our Savior. You are our Lord and you are our Savior. We lift our eyes unto you and we thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Tonight, right now, we're going to do our tithes and offerings. You guys can check out the screen. If you guys want to do text to give, you can do text to give. If not, Liz has envelopes right now. You can raise your hand if anybody needs an envelope. If anybody needs an envelope. Anybody need an envelope? We got one. Thank you. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your love. And thank you for your everlasting promise to us. God, we just ask that you fill this place, fill this atmosphere with your presence. God, we get rid of the day. We get rid of anything that might be hindering us just from coming into your presence and just worshiping you and just hearing from you, God. Purify our minds, purify our hearts, God. 
we soak in your presence. We soak in your word. We soak in your truth. We soak in everything that is good. God, we just thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, that our minds are clear, our hearts are full with your presence, with your love. We remove every bit of doubt, fear, heaviness, any distraction, God, we remove it from our hearts and our minds right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name, Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this place. We welcome you in this place. We're not coming here just because we ain't got nothing better to do on a Wednesday night. We're coming here, God, because we need you. We need your spirit. We need your word. We need your light. We need your truth, God, in such a dark place. We need you, God. We position ourselves to hear from you tonight. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus.